Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Salvation is found in no other. Deliverance is found in no other. For there is no other name under the heavens given unto man by which they can be saved. Oh, Father, we have power nowhere else to go except by calling on the name Jesus. So, Lord, it is high and exalted. Your name is above all. Your name is glorious. 
glorious. Your name is beautiful. Your name is awesome. Your name is magnificent. Your name is the anchor. Is the anchor that we can hold on. Is the anchor that we can bank our hopes on, O oh God. Your name, your being, O oh God, is the rock on which we can stand. Is the rock on which we can stand, O oh God. Oh, you are worthy of it all. Oh, for from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, please. Amen. 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 Powerful. Let's put our hands together. Let's keep putting our hands together as we welcome God's anointed servant for this house, for tonight, and for our lives. Amen. Brethren, go better someone. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for drawing us close to your heart. Thank you for giving us the assurance that when we come, we are accepted. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the new covenant that has ushered us into the powers of the age to come. In Jesus' name, amen. You are all welcome. We've been studying how to neutralize curses. And we are on this series, What the Powers of the World to Come Will Accomplish. Amen. So let's go to the scripture that gave us that clause, the powers of the age to come. That clause is found in Hebrews chapter 6. And if you can project Hebrews chapter 6, we are talking about what the powers of the world to come will accomplish. Hebrews chapter 6, starting from verse number 4. In this passage, the apostle was trying to summarize the Christian experience or what happens to you when you become a believer, what becomes available to you. And it says, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. And have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. So we pause there. So these are the things that a person who has become born again has encountered. Hallelujah. Now when you don't know that something comes as a package, you can easily not benefit from the whole package. Amen. When we were um, at the recent conference, the pastor's conference we attended, um, there was one... I think it was the dinner on the probably Friday night. Yeah. I was sitting at the table and there was a wife who could not find where the husband was. And when she called, I better be careful because this is going on the podcast. <laughs> when she called, I overheard her ask him, that did you know we are having dinner? And did you know that dinner is included in the price that we paid? Right, right, right. 
Are you following? Because it seemed like he did not know. And then, I, you know, because I'm not hearing what she's saying, uh, what he's saying, but I'm just making, you know, um, I'm just trying to draw what he must have said for her, for her to say what she was saying. So she said, it's included. I heard her say, it's included. So he had gone to the room. Do you get it? He had gone to the room and he was looking for, <laughs> it's like, it's like they had kinky. Do you get it? They had kinky. And, uh, upstairs, yes. And, and um, I think he was looking for either fish or pepper or something. Meanwhile, there's, there's buffet dinner. I mean, was it not good food? And so I, I was asking her why he doesn't like, does he not like this type of food? He said, no, no, no. He, it seems like he, he didn't know that the price that we paid included the dinner. Amen. You see, there, there's this other story that people know about of a guy who was on the boat. You know that one? How he, they were traveling a long distance and he, uh, he never appeared for food. He was eating, you know, chips and things like that. So that one seems like a, 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 a like a far-fetched story that somebody made. But this one, Real. I was there <laughs> when the guy. <laughs> but he didn't know that it was part of a package, mm. amen. So by the time I was leaving, I kept bugging her that you know. So is he coming? <laughs> is he coming or is he eating the, the fish and the kinky? <laughs> amen. And so um, when you become born again, it's a package. The verses here. All of it are included in your salvation. Okay, so go back to verse 4. When you are saved, you have become enlightened. Light has come. Hallelujah. And then you have tasted of the heavenly gift. Whatever that means. You see, the whole thing about God is that your salvation happens first in the spirit. That you are thrown into the salvation experience. And over time, you actually begin to understand what it means. Amen. Amen. Because you are born again in your spirit and then your mind would now grow up to catch up with your spirit. It is your spirit that first gets born again. Did you know that? And, and your, your, your spirit mind is far advanced than your mind. But because of the fall, the mind and the soul has taken pre precedence over the spirit. Hallelujah. When you come born again, it's like your innermost being has been awakened. But your mind has some catching up to do. And so, what we are reading about here, perhaps the depths of it, we don't even, we, we, it may not be in our, in our experience, but we need to believe it. Because in the journey with God, you first believe, and then you grow into it. That's why it says in Hebrews chapter 11, that by faith we understand. Because you believe first, and then by believing, you begin to understand and then you enter into the reality of what you have believed for. And so, you have become enlightened. You and I have become enlightened. We have tested of the heavenly gift. Okay? I mean, this is a, a, a um, two words that, that are both good, right? Heavenly is good when you have a heavenly experience. And then gift is also good. But you better be careful what type of gift you are receiving. So, <laughs> heavenly gift, we have tasted of the heavenly gift. We were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. We have been made partakers of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That is part of the package. Don't go into your room and be looking for fish and kinky, bothering your wife who is trying to enjoy, enjoy the dinner. Amen. 
the Holy Ghost is part of your salvation experience. And then, next one. We have tested the good word of God. We have tested the good word of God. A believer has tested the good word of God. When you taste something, it's often an invitation to participate in it. Hallelujah. When you taste the good word of God, and you know that it is good, then something should urge you to want more. Hallelujah. And the word of God is actually what was used to create the whole universe. We are talking about divine possibilities. When we speak about faith, and we are talking about the powers of the age to come, we are not talking about natural possibilities. We are not talking about human inventions or human possibilities. Hallelujah. We are talking about possibilities in God. And God is training us to become a community of faith. A community of people who have expectations. The Bible says that blessed are the the, the ones who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be what? Filled. The Bible says that the expectation of the righteous will not be cut off. So when we come to God, we must have expectations. Hallelujah. But the expectations must be informed from what God has written in his word. I mean, I cannot go to, uh, what do you call it, uh, um, Apple Store in um, Easton and say, I'm looking for tomatoes to buy. Well, tomato is even not in the category. Uh, Mangoes. I go to the Apple Store. As I hear you guys tell, sell uh, apples. By any chance, do you also sell mangoes? They said, no, 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 no. The apple you have in mind is not the apple you eat. <laughs> Amen. They said, but I saw the sign. I saw your sign with the apple on it. Amen. But that's not the apple you eat. Amen. Amen. And if I go to, um, I mean, nowadays, even supermarkets, they sell almost everything. Right? But if I, do you have a, a store called, a grocery place called Saraga? Do they sell electronics? So if I go there and I say I'm looking for Walmart sells um, groceries and electronics, but if you go to Saraga and you are looking for, I, I mean, is it likely they will have a, a tape recorder, a f- flat screen TV? They will not have it. Amen. So that one, that one will be outside of the domain of what they do. Hallelujah. But you see, when it comes to, when it comes to God and the God arena. You're, I mean, is it, is it normal to go to Mr. Sister's place and be looking for fish or meat or yam? Because that's what he deals in. So when you go there and your expectation is that, I mean, I mean and occasionally some of the things they carry can run out, right? That even though they sell it, it can run out. But there are some things that because they know that People want it a lot. They try to keep enough in stock all the time. So as you are going there, you are not expecting that what you are going to look for is not there. Is that not so? So bring that mindset to when we come to God. Because our natural set of things to expect are based on our natural limitations. But what, what we are going into when we say what the powers of the age to come would accomplish. It's not talking about natural limitations. It's talking about the possibilities in God. And so therefore, your, our expectation must rise above what is logical. If we can only think of what is logical, then we are not in faith. Are you with me? Yeah. Alright. So this powers of the world to come is one of the things that the new covenant has brought to us. So now let's go to the Revelation 21 scripture. What, from where we are finding out when the powers of the age to come manifest. 
we know that we are saved from a number of things. Revelation 21 verse 4. And I saw a new heaven. Okay. Uh, was the, okay go back to verse 3. Or verse 1. Verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. Amen. And I, John, saw the holy city. New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Now, I was saying the other day about the first Timothy scripture that the Bible has given us a road map and a landscape to explore. Do you get it? So, consider the whole Bible as the people of Israel entering the promised land. Now, they enter the promised land, but they need to explore and they need to conquer the land and they need to possess it. Amen. The promises of God in the Bible, in the word of God, are things that are available for us to desire to possess it. And so, and so uh, uh, the, the whole Christian life is a faith adventure. That you have been called into possibilities of faith and possibilities of God. So now, if it says that God has now become, the tabernacle of God has be, uh, is now with men, there shouldn't be a time in your life. Because everything we are reading here about the new heaven and the new earth, it is available to the Christian, the believer today. Because all things have become new. Behold, everyone that is a, a what? First Corinthians. Um, everyone that is, he that is born again. What's the scripture? Everyone that is what? It's a new creation. All things are passed away. Everything has become new. So you need to read Revelation 21 3 in the context of 2 Corinthians 5 17 and, and appropriate and import it from the future into the now. Hallelujah. And so, and so, and so because of that, if it, God is given a promise that in future the tabernacle of God is going to be with men in the future, now if you are living that promise today, you must believe that God is now living with you. It's not a future event anymore. The tabernacle of God means the dwelling place of God. So that right now, as you are working, God is with you. There shouldn't be a case uh, where you feel that now God has left you. Or God is not with you anymore. You have become the place where God dwells. Hallelujah. And then, they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. Hallelujah. Do we really believe? Because you see, there's one thing about believing in our mind and believing in our heart. We must actually believe that when it says that God himself shall be with them and be their God. Sometimes we believe that God is everybody else's God but you. But you must personalize the experience. Hallelujah. Like your experience with God must be on a personal level. So much so that you believe very strongly that God is for you. And he's for you as an individual. Not just for the corporate body. Amen. Alright. Verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So this is where we begin to examine what the powers of the age to come, what the powers of the age to come will accomplish. Okay? He shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So the powers of the age to come will wipe away all tears. That's point number one. Okay? And he shall be, there shall be no more death. There shall be no more sorrow. The powers of the age to come will wipe out all sorrow. Okay? And then we also covered about pain. The powers of the age to come will up out all crying and all pain. And then last week we tackled the powers of the age to come will wipe out 
or death. And then we've talked about the fact that death is the greatest enemy of mankind because that's the one that ends all hope about what a person is capable of doing. But then it is in the mind of God that when Christ conquered death, he conquered it not for himself. Amen. He conquered death not for himself. He conquered death for us. Because Christ had no sins. So he did not have to repent. Amen. Christ became, God became a man in Christ so that he would conquer death for us. And that is what we used the analogy of Indiana Jones and the last crusade. Is that not so? And how he had to go and conquer death. How do you conquer death? By going to get the Holy Grail. Amen. And it was fraught with a lot of dangers, a lot of difficulties. His head was going to be cut off, but he overcame it. Hallelujah. It says that only the penitent man will pass. He was able to kneel and he passed. He went to the next stage where it says um, the first one was the breath of God. The second one was the, 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 um, the word of God. It says that only in the footsteps of God would you, would you proceed. And it spelled out the name of God. So he was able to get to that stage. The final step was about faith. Where he had to put, take a step of faith into thin air and then ground materialized beneath his feet and he was able to overcome now the the mystery of it is that after he was able to overcome these obstacles then the rest of the people could join him there so first of all he was able to go there and get the holy grail the right one okay he got the right one um the rest of them followed him but then somebody who did not understand what the path was to overcome death which is the path of Christ, which is the path of humility, which is the path of, of submitting to God, not the path of glamour, worldly glamour. So, so this uh, antiqui ancient antiquities uh, professor picked the wrong cup and collected water and gave it to this Nazi guy. He drank and all his flesh rot right before them. But the Indiana Jones picked the right cup, which was a simple carpenter's cup. Amen. So then he got water went back to give it to his father. His father is now, um, what do you call it? Healed. He has overcome death. But then the question of what happens to the cup? The monk who was guarding the cup for 700 years said that this cup should not cross this seal. There's a seal on the ground, like a drawing on the ground that it is supposed to remain there. You cannot take it away. Do you get it? See, we are talking about the things that are governing what Christ did for us. And there are some who will try and cut, try and cut corners and do what? Make, do, break the, the laws and break the rules. So the, the Nazis, the, the German Nazis and the professor, they could not hold the Holy Grail in their hand and they could not imagine leaving it there. Do you get it? They wanted to take it along with them. And as the lady was trying to take it away, the ground started shaking. And, and, then, and then there was an opening like an earthquake and the, the earth opened. Are you following? Now when the earth opened, the Dr. Shinada, the lady who at that time had the, 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 the Holy Grail, she was slipping into the hole, like a bottomless pit type of hole. And as she was slipping, Indiana Jones stretched his hand to try and save her. Okay. So now at a point, at a point, she had the choice of letting the Holy Grail go in order to use her hand to hold Indiana Jones' hand. And Indy warned warn her that leave it because it was slipping. We are talking about 
what is in our heart. We are talking about how do we participate in what Christ has accomplished for us. We must have a heart like him. Hallelujah. We must, we must have the same heart like he has. And this lady's main goal was to make a name for herself. And at the point, her, she did not realize that her own life, her own life was on the line. So, finally, Indiana Jones' father, who was now strong and standing by, was also trying to help. But the lady, her eyes were so much on that thing that she ended up dying. I mean, she slipped and fell in there. So now, the next person was Indiana Jones. He also almost got tempted by the, by the thing. He also wanted to do what? Grab the Holy Grail. And at that point, we are talking about sometimes you're on the path. And you are so convinced that you are right. Okay. But then sometimes there comes a time that the worst of your father is what will save you. Because there comes a time that you would have to trust what your father is saying, even though you don't agree. Amen. In the just believe very strongly that I have a good shot at keeping the grave. The same thing that the lady fell for. He also, it was like a spirit had come over him. So he was also going for the thing. And the father said, Indy. And he didn't like his father calling him the name Indy because it was the name of a dog. <laughs> well, he was going for the thing and he was also sleeping. But then finally, because it was his father, okay, he listened to his father and then he came out. And then finally they left. But why is that important? Because you see, the, 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 the package of Christ going to the cross and what it bought for us. It comes with it a body of knowledge. And it comes with it a body of teachings. And it comes with it a body of instructions. Which you are now, in order for us to participate in the full spectrum of what Christ bought for us. You cannot separate, you cannot separate the benefits of what Christ did for us from the things you need to do in order to keep it. And to benefit from it. Hallelujah. So even though now death has just been conquered by, by getting a hold of the Holy Grail, somebody just died. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. And so what I'm saying is that the accomplishment of Christ in overcoming death for us, that is in the future. But today, we get to participate in it, but we need to now be willing to give up our own mind because, because you see, to be able to benefit from what Christ accomplished from us, we must give up our own way of thinking. Amen. That is why the Bible says that do not rely on your own mind. Hallelujah. Lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. Another story in the New Testament is that a man called Simon, I forgot his last name, when he noticed that Apostle Peter and the others, they were working miracles in Samaria when Philip the evangelist had had a great successful ministry there. And they brought Peter and John to come and help. And he saw that a power, they were exhibiting the power of the Holy Ghost. This man, Simon, he was a magician in town. And he had given up his magical arts. And he had burnt it publicly. Amen. I think that was not maybe Samaria, maybe Ephesus. One of the two, I've forgotten. But, but the deal is that he gave them money. That take this amount of money so that I can have this power. Are you there? You see, the path to participating in the thing that the, 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 um, the powers of the age to come will, will, will get for us is not by spending money. It's not by, it's not by the wealth and the power of the world. 
Hallelujah. The path is still the same path. It's the path of the cross. We are talking about how do we benefit from the powers of the age to come and all that it is going to accomplish for us. The path that Christ walked on, going on the cross, it is the same path. He said, he that cometh after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Hallelujah. And so this man, he was trying to bribe Peter so that he would get Holy Ghost power. If it is by money, then the richest people in the world are the ones who are going to be able to get the powers of the age to come. But it is reserved for little children. Hallelujah. Participation in the powers of the age to come is reserved for those who are willing to die to self. Who are willing to deny their own self. And who are not looking for the power for their own earthly agenda. Or their own self-promotion agenda. Hallelujah. Because, you see, why would God give you the powers of the age to come? If it is, in the end, it is to promote your own name. It is intended to promote the kingdom of God. And so, what we are saying is that Christ has accomplished for us a lot of things, but there is a path. Many people are not willing to yield to that path. Amen. Have you ever been on the, you know, on 71 South? And, or any, any other road for that matter, highway for that matter, whereby you are on the main road and there are people who are trying to join the highway. Do you get it? From uh, the, 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 the side road, the cab. Now, which one is supposed to yield? I mean, like you are on the highway, you are about to exit. Right? You are about to exit and then there are people who are also coming from the road on the side, trying to join the highway. Usually, which one has the yield sign? Who, who is supposed to yield? Those who are joining, how many have seen a lot of people? They are the ones who are supposed to slow down for, for, because you are on the highway, you are trying to exit, right? And so they should slow down and let you exit. I have seen so many times, if you don't take care, you, ha- you have an accident. On the um, 270, joining the 70, Brother Ishmael, at the east side, people who are coming from, uh, what do you call it, um, from the 70, Trying to join 270. You are here. You are trying to join 70. They are supposed to slow down. Often they don't slow down for you. People have it a hard time to yield. Amen. And this whole deal of what I want, I must have it against all things. Against however how it affects other people. That is one of the reasons why even though Christ has purchased for us the powers of the age to come, People's hearts have not been crucified. And people's mindset and agendas are still self-serving. Hallelujah. And because of that, it makes the coming of the kingdom. And it makes the, the reign of Christ keeps on being postponed. Because God is looking f- for us to enter Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Let's look at that scripture. And then we will come back to Revelation 21.4. Look at Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. The powers of the age to come is intended to advance the kingdom of God. It is not intended to advance your own primary kingdom. It is not intended to advance your own personal name. It is intended to advance the purpose of the kingdom of God. Amen. Paul is saying, I am crucified with Christ. A person that is crucified, what state are they in? After crucifixion, after some time, what happens to you when you are crucified? Not you, but back in the day when they used to crucify people. When you are crucified, after, after a while you die. So when he said, I am crucified with Christ, another way of saying is that I died with Christ. Amen. That is why the word nevertheless has a meaning. Because when we hear nevertheless, 
it means there's a contrary thought that somebody is saying. Someone is bringing to introduce. So I am crucified with Christ. It's a, I am dead with Christ. When Christ was crucified, I died with him. The Christian life, in order to live the Christian life, it means that you, you, you deny your preferences. You deny your desires. You, desire, you deny yourself what you would have wished. If it is in, in, in contradiction to what God wants, you kill it. You silence it. You shut it up. You don't allow it. So I am crucified with Christ. Because, you see, at the end of the day, it is only in the life of Christ. When the life of Christ is working, and that is when the powers of the age to come will, be, will, will manifest. Hallelujah. So I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. So that I'm, I died in Christ. But then when Christ rose again, I also resurrected with him. But the resurrection life that came with me was not my original life. Amen. It wasn't my original life that I used to live. My original life is dead. The new life that I live now, I live, Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This exchange, this exchange is preparatory, is conditional to participate in the powers of the age to come. The ability to no longer identify yourself with your natural instincts, your natural edges, your natural history, your natural lineage from Adam, all those things must be buried. And now Christ must be your new identity. When Christ becomes your new identity, that is when you now have a new lineage and a new, uh, what do you call it, citizenship benefit, which is part of the package of the completed work of Christ. Hallelujah. Let's go back to the, uh, again to the Revelation scripture, Revelation 21 verse 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any, any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Next verse. Alright. Maybe it's probably rather... Yeah, let's start from verse 3. Verse 3. Because we are going to add the last two. Things that the powers of the age to come would accomplish. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. Please do not take this lightly. Because the Bible says, When Satan was kicked out of heaven, where did he fall? I, I just can't understand. Of all the planets and all the galaxies, he missed Jupiter, he missed Mars. Pluto, all including the fake planets, the I mean, he beats all of them, and then he landed. On, and you see, the whole thing is that the Earth is not flat, believe it or not, the Earth is a sphere. So would you not wish that when he fell on it, if it's a sphere like a ball, he should have slipped off of it and fall back into space and find some other planet to fall on? But he didn't. There seemed to be some type of glue that stuck him here. Some type of attraction, some type of magnet that stuck him here, and since then he has been at work deceiving mankind, destroying mankind. And 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 when when Adam and Eve participated in his lie, he gave him a license to be here. Amen. One day they, they believed his lie. It's like one time I watched a movie, and there was a, a couple who had additional space in their house to rent. Do you get it? 
I've forgotten the title of the movie. But I remember that somebody said they needed a, a place to stay for a day or so. Made themselves very miserable like uh, they were traveling. Uh, I forgot the reason why the couple let them in. They did not intend to have them there as a tenant. Do you get it? It was just like a small favor. And so after about a week, the people were not moving. And not only were they not moving, the, ten, the, the homeowners discovered that they were raising ants, termites, in the house. Like, like they actually were, uh, I don't know what, what type of, uh, um, uh, I mean, zoologists or whatever it is. Like, like these people who they had brought into the house, they were raising termites. And the termites began to multiply in the house. Amen. And they began to multiply in the house. And, 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 they, and then they said, leave. They said, no, but you, you allowed us to, to live here. and we, we have nowhere to go. We, we, we have become your tenant. We will pay you. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want your money. Take your trouble away. Take your termite away. And that thing had to be taken to court. When they went to court, they brought some old common law that said that by allowing somebody to live at your house for a certain number of days, it has crossed beyond the time that you can evict them. <laughs> Amen. I, I, I watched a long time ago. I wish I can remember the title. But, but the thing is that now they are stuck with these people living there. And they are raising timers. And now these timers, these timers don't know the boundary. Maybe they are in the basement of this. It's like they, they, they said, we promise you, we are going to keep these timers within this cage. But the, the timers kept climbing up and turning there. And so before you knew it, not only were they disturbing them, they were also nibbling and eating the wooden parts of the house. And the house is now beginning to crumble. This is a picture of the invasion of Satan in the earth realm. So do you now understand why important it is? And how good and good news it is that God is saying, I am coming to live with you. And when God shows up, Satan cannot remain at the same place. Amen. Amen. The tabernacle of God coming with man means that now Satan will be evicted. Have you seen those commercials about... Uh, a, a, a medicine in some type of insecticide for bugs that these bugs have taken over and then when you spray you spray a few and then you know the bugs are, are now running away satan is like a, a like, like an uninvited guest in the earth and now god coming to live with us is the reason why is the reason why satan will not have what they call a failed day or have his way to do whatever he wants hallelujah they shall be his people, and God himself shall be their God. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. Now, let's look at this other scripture. Revelation chapter 22 and verse number 3. Maybe let's start from verse number 1 to get a better picture. And he showed me a pure river of water of life clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Hold on. You will notice there are several images in the book of Revelation, some of which came from the Old Testament. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, in Ezekiel's vision, I believe Ezekiel 47, God brought Ezekiel into a vision in which the temple of God was there and there was a river coming out of the temple. Amen. And the scripture says that the river was flowing and then Ezekiel began to walk in it. And then there were four levels of the river, if you remember the Ezekiel 47. And it says that it said that the first level was the, the water was at the ankle deep. Amen. 
Okay? The water coming from the throne of God. It was ankle deep. And then as he, he said, there was a man walking with me with a measuring rod. And then as I went further, the water came to knee deep. Amen. Amen. And then as, he, as I kept go, going down in the river, the water came where? Waist deep. And then he said, when I kept going, the water over, completely over, you know, overshadowed me. And it was like, that there is increasing levels of the river of God, increasing levels of the of the glory of God. It depends on how deep you want to go. Yeah. Amen. Then the statement was made that wherever the waters went, it began to bring healing to the nations. Yeah. So here is a picture of the pure river of the water of life, which is the Holy Spirit, which you and I have partaken of. Okay, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life. Remember, the first mention of the tree of life was in Genesis. Okay? And the tree of life was a good thing that they could participate in. It's symbolic of the life of God. But then because of Adam's sin, they were driven out of the garden and they could no longer partake of the tree of life. Do you remember? Alright. Now, in this picture, it says that on each side of the river was what? The tree of life. What mankind was denied in Genesis. By the time you got to Revelation, we now have access to it. And if this is the a future coming of the kingdom of God, and now through being born again, we have become partakers of what? The powers of the age to come. Then the tree of life is not just a future tree we are going to eat when we get to heaven. Now, Christ, who is the tree of life, lives in us. That's why John chapter 10 verse 10 is that I came that you shall have life and have it abundantly. Okay. The tree bear 12 manner of fruits and you that have fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Verse number 3. And there shall be no more curse. There shall be no more curse. The powers of the world to come will wipe out all curses. There shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. Hallelujah. It's giving you a picture of the city of God. That in future, when God recreates all things, the heaven and the earth will be merged. And God will live in the center of his people. And there shall be no more curse. But until then, until then, you and I are the city of God. Why? Because we are the dwelling place of God. Therefore, curses have no more power over you. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? You must believe the things that have been given to us as a promise that when we walk in the powers of the age to come, a curse has no more power over you. There's a verse in the Old Testament that says that a curse shall not, shall not alight without cause. Or a curse cannot have an effect on you without cause. Which means that sometimes there can be a cause, a reason why there's the curse. Hallelujah. So maybe either you did something or your ancestor did something or somebody did something. That makes the curse has legitimacy over you. Hallelujah. But then in Christ, if all things have become new and we truly confess that Christ's power, you see, that's why I don't buy anything that somebody said like, like a long time ago, there was a priest. There was a priest that they said that witches have killed him. I, I, I can't understand why a priest of God, witches will, can kill a priest of God. Amen. I, I'm not trying to deny that the devil's power exists. But to place the devil's power to be senior to God's power is a travesty. That cannot be. Hallelujah. And so, and so now, there shall be no more curse. 
is a promise for the future of the world. That when the kingdom of God comes and the city of God gets established, the cash shall be done away with. But today and right now, by our faith in Christ Jesus, we are the city of God. We are the dwelling place of God. One is get a promise that the dwelling place of God, the tabernacle of God, shall be with men in future for the rest of mankind. You and I today, you and I have become the tabernacle of God. We are the walking temple, and therefore the enjoyment of a curse-free life begins now. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Okay, now verse number four and then five. Revelation 22. And they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads. Hallelujah. The problem we make is that we put everything in the future. When we keep putting everything in the future, it will be like someone who tried to go and buy something on credit. And they have written in the front of the store, no credit today, come tomorrow. And then the next day they go, and it's still there, no credit today, to come tomorrow. And they say, well, I was here yesterday. You said I should come tomorrow. And, and, and so t- that tomorrow you said, it's now today. And the man said, look, can you read? Can you read? It says, no credit today, come tomorrow. So it is always going forever to be in the future. But that's not our Christian work. Our Christian work is now faith is. We have to begin to think in the now. So that we cannot defer everything in the future. Hallelujah. So that when it says that they shall see his face and his name shall be in their foreheads. When that they shall see his face, is future. Because he's talking about revelation. But as a believer today, you must believe that God is with you now. And you will see his face. Amen. Hallelujah. And let's add verse 5. And there shall be no more night there. There shall be no more night there. Hallelujah. In the city of God, there shall be no more night. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. In the eternal bliss of heaven, we know for sure that there is no need for the sun. There is no need for uh, what do you call it? Uh, what is the best light there is today? There's no need for any man-made light because the Lord himself shall be the light. Hallelujah. But how many know that in our current experience, the world is full of darkness? And now the Bible says that, Arise, shine, for thy light has come. So that for the believer, your light has already come. You don't have to wait till the future state where it says that there shall be no more light there. So that the powers of the age to come, the last point is that, darkness is driven out of your life hallelujah darkness is driven out of your life what does that mean it means that you may be walking through darkness but if you believe that christ lives in you you will never accept that darkness shall have the last say you never accept that evil power shall have the last say you never embrace the fact you believe that you are you are a walking carrier of the light of god finally let's go to psalms 112 and then we are going to end there psalms 112 The book of Psalms. One one two. Psalm one one two. All right. Let's start from verse number three. Okay. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. Okay. Go to verse number four. Okay. So so Psalm one twelve describe the heritage of the righteous. The heritage of the upright. Unto the upright, there arises light in the darkness. Hallelujah. In our current experience, there's a lot of darkness. But you and I are children of light, not children of the darkness. 
so that we must believe what God has said about us that we are children. Jesus, when he came, he said, I am the light of the world. But by the time he was leaving, he told his disciples, you are the light of the world. Amen. And so then now, since we have become the dwelling place of God and light has been overcome, because he said that there is no need for the sun. There is no need for uh, human light. Because God himself shall be the light. Why is that God that shall be the light? That God lives in you. And so in our current life, all the harsh realities of darkness, and darkness as a metaphor for every bad thing that happens to mankind, you and I need to become that carrier of that light. That light is Christ, but he lives in you. You cannot divorce yourself from Christ. Remember Galatians 2.20 that I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I. The life I live now, it is the life of Christ in me. So that if you believe this, everywhere you go, you are a light in the darkness. Therefore, we can confidently say that unto the upright, there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Rise up to your feet. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we are not limited to the natural state that mankind has inherited. Through the powers of the world to come, all the terrible things that has come to earth, all the darkness is wiped away. We pray, O oh God, that we shall continue to meditate on this until it becomes our reality on a daily basis. That we carry light and the power over death and the power of our hopelessness. And also, Lord, we bring our offerings to you to glorify and honor you and to support the preaching of your word in the name of Jesus. Amen.